chapter we will be looking together in the first chapter and the verses 9 uh, through 11 or 9 and as far down as we get tonight uh, related to this subject. And I'll share with you, as you already know, you that are here, and I always mention the fact that someone may be tuned in by the way of social media who uh, have not been a part of our study for some time. Uh, it has come to us tonight as a result of what we found in the book of Galatians and in chapter uh, number 6 where the Bible tells us that God is not mocked whatsoever man soweth that shall he also reap. Then it talks about sowing to the spirit and sowing to the flesh. So for a long time now, I've been bringing messages related to sowing to the Spirit. Sowing to the Spirit. And of late, we're talking about uh, prayer, praying for people. That being probably one of the uh, most important ways that we can sow to the Spirit. Since the Spirit leads uh, God's people in what they ought to pray for. The Bible tells us we don't know what to pray for. But the Holy Spirit makes intercession. He puts it on our heart, burdens us for those things we need to pray for. And then in that chapter, we come to the 10th verse, which said, As you have therefore opportunity, let us do good to all men, especially them that are of the household of the faith. And so uh, praying, we pray for all men. I brought several messages related to that. And then the fact that it says, especially them that are of the household of the faith. And so our subject has been praying for our brothers and sisters in Christ. And as a priority of our prayer life, uh, praying for those that are a part of our church uh, would fall into that category of the household of God. Now, um, uh, I had brought this to your attention related to this. We don't always know what to pray for, for someone else. And there's something interesting that happens in the New Testament, is that we find illustrations of things that we can pray for uh, related to our brothers and sisters. They are listed, and I know some of you are keeping notes on this, and where we're taking it from is where someone in the New Testament says that they are praying for uh, God's people, a yeah, church or whatever, particularly the Apostle Paul, and he gives us things that we can pray for. So in our text, as the Lord blesses his word, in the ninth verse, uh, Paul says this, uh, talking about the people of the church at Philippi, and this I pray. So we know for sure when we read that, that there's going to be something there that he's praying for, and if he's moved of the Holy Spirit to pray for that, surely we can do so too. And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. Now, the first couple of messages I brought from that passage of Scripture was the fact that that word abound is found in here. And you might remember that I shared with you several illustrations from the Bible about the meaning of that word. That word means to exceed uh, any measurement, to go over and above, uh, to overrun or overspill. And so the fact that our love may grow like that 
is set down in the scripture here. Now, as far as praying that uh, for others, individuals, of course, it, it depends on the fact whether they desire that or not. You can't pray for something for somebody if they don't want it, if they have no desire for it, if they have no motivation for that kind of thing. But I do, and I know you can, we can pray that for our church family, that we may grow in our love. And of course, uh, uh, so that word abound is an awesome word. And it is my prayer that our church may abound in that love yet more and more. Because as our love abounds, we are growing. We are growing as individual Christians. Now, the second thought that I brought from this uh, verse of Scripture and the thoughts here is the limited scope of that. The limited scope. And of course, I've already shared that with you, that you can't pray for someone and mention something specific for them if they have no desire for that, if they have no desire whatsoever. And as I've shared with you over and over, when it comes to praying for somebody else, we need to always keep in mind that the Lord may have His will for them that we don't know. We have no idea what it is. We have no idea. But we can share the desires of our heart. In Psalms uh, 37, there is the promise that if we walk in Him, He'll give us the desires of our heart. And sometimes I pray for people and I say, Lord, I don't know what Your will for that person is, but the desire of my heart is that they would be blessed, or that you would lead in this way or that. Now, I want to introduce, you another, uh, introduce to you another thought that comes from this passage, and that is the reward of growing in our love. The reward of growing. So this is here. It is in this passage of Scripture. Now, I want to mention that, first of all, last Sunday night, I brought a message on uh, it related to the uh, limits, the limited scope of that, he says that your love may abound more and more in knowledge, in knowledge. And so that's associated with our growth. And I think we'd all agree with that, that it, our growing has to do with our knowledge or gaining in knowledge. And uh, so our love is first and foremost for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There is no more beyond that. If it is not there, as far as our Lord is concerned, there's not any hope for anything else. That's how it grows. It grows for Him, and it grows for others and things that are of interest to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So that was the message uh, last Sunday night. Now... Uh, related to the reward that comes from that. And this is, this is the motivator tonight. Now I want you to think about this. The motivation, uh, I want my love to abound, yet more and more. I want it to grow. Because my experience has been good related to my love for my Savior and my love for those things that are of interest to the Lord. It has been a blessing in my life I wish it could have been more and more, or abounded more and more, but it has grown. It has grown. And there's a blessing that goes with that. And a couple of times I've mentioned this in preaching that fact, uh, to love the Lord more is to love others more. They go together. 
They go together. Husbands will love their wife more when they love the Lord more. And wives, husbands uh, will do the same thing. Love for our children. Love for our brothers and sisters in Christ. That is what happens in that. Now, as far as reward is concerned, I want to point out what he says here, not only about more in, growing more in knowledge, but also in all judgment. In all judgment. Now, this is where uh, the rubber meets the road, so to speak. This is where, this is interesting here. Brother Moore and I, we got into a conversation about judgment here in this verse, in the King James Version, last Sunday night. We got in a discussion about that. And immediately he knew what I already knew from my study of that particular word. What's interesting about that is that it is a different word than judgment that we'd think about in the New Testament. It's a different Greek word. As a matter of fact, something that's unique about this word judgment is this is the only place in the New Testament where that's found. It is the only place. Nowhere else is it found in the New Testament. Uh, the Greek word that is translated judgment here. Because it is not the judgment like the judgment of God. Pointed unto man wants to die and after that, the judgment. It's not that at all. And so we can learn a valuable lesson from the way that it's used here. The Greek word is astasis. The Greek word is astasis. And here is the only place where it's found. And the meaning of that Greek word is perception by the senses or the intellect. It is moral discernment in ethical matters. In other words, what happens is there's something that is connected to our growth in love, which is Christian growth, and our ability to discern, ability to determine what's good or what's bad. So when we grow in love, we grow in our insight and our wisdom about those things that the Lord would want to bless us with. The other word, uh, there's a couple of different words for it, but krima is the Greek word for judgment as, as we would think. And here's an illustration of where it's used. In the book of 2 Peter, uh, we find it in 2 Peter and chapter number 2 and verse 3. And I'll read that for you. Chapter 2 and verse 3. Uh, I, well, I'll start with I'll start with verse number 1 and read down through verse 3. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you who probably shall bring in damnable heresies, uh, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom... By reason of whom uh, the, the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words, false words, make merchandise of you whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not and their damnation slumbereth not. Now that's pretty straight. That's the way that Greek word is used. And we understand what that means. In other words... Uh, everybody, no matter who you are, or no matter what situation that we have, 
there's going to come a time when there will be judgment. And we understand what it means when, when we say that. There's coming a judgment. Uh, even the child of God, the Bible tells us that we're not going to be judged as to whether or not we're saved or whether or not we're justified, but we're going to be judged as to our stewardship of the grace of God that has been bestowed upon us. So, uh, just bringing that to your attention, what this one single word is. Now, there are some words that help us to understand the meaning of that word judgment here in our passage. And I'll just share those with you. We might use the word insight. We might use the word understanding, perception, the senses, comprehension, keenness, and discrimination. My favorite word of all, I, I just have always had a fascination with this word, is discernment. Discernment. Now, I'm often asked questions about, uh, is, is there something in the blessings of the Holy Spirit on the child of God that would help them to discern things? Discern things that maybe they don't know, that they don't know, but they sense it. They discern things. And, you know, over the years, I've known that that's true. That there is a gift of the Holy Spirit of discernment uh, in the child of God. The ability to discern things. And uh, uh, I, I could tell a lot of stories about how I've seen that work out uh, in, people's, in people's life. Now, of course, we have to be really careful about that and not use that as judging somebody when we don't when we're not supposed to. You understand what I'm saying? In other words, don't, don't say, well, I'd, preacher, I discern you're a crooked dog. <laughs> well, don't do that because you don't know that. You don't know my heart and we can't judge each other in that way. And that reminds me of years ago, I led a study uh, of the first, I don't know, I think about six chapters in the book of Proverbs and I want to go back there to the first chapter of the book of Proverbs, and I want to just share with you some things that, uh, some things that I, I discovered. And it's helped me a lot in, 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 uh, in this very fact. Now folks, I want to tell you something, this is a good reward. And the rest of this, these verses that are related to this, uh, it, it will become plain to us if you, if you read them and read ahead. I will read on ahead just to show you. Verse 10 of our text says that you may approve things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Jesus Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. Now, who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't desire that? But you know, there's a limitation in, in that. We have to understand that. That we, we grow, we abound in our love related to our knowledge and our understanding of the Scripture and this matter of judgment. Now in the book of Proverbs in the first chapter, and I'm going to, uh, I'm going to read down through here a few verses, and then I want to point something out. In chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, uh, to know wisdom, now you would note that, to know wisdom and instruction to perceive the words of understanding to receive the instructions of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity, to give subtlety to the simple, 
uh, to the young man knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel. We have some promises there related to our growth in knowledge. To understand the proverb and the interpretation, the word, words of the wise and their dark sayings or their riddles or their mysteries is what that means. And then this awesome verse, verse number 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Uh, who among us would not want to grow in our knowledge of the Word of God, in our knowledge of the Scripture? We do want to know. But the fear of the Lord is the beginning of that. But fools despise <coughs> wisdom and instruction. Now, the fear here uh, is not to be afraid of, but to reverence. To reverence the Lord. Reverence the things of the Lord. And to treat them in that way is the beginning of knowledge. Now, these words that are in this, and of course you could read on for five or six chapters and find these different words that are there. And I just want to point out some of these. Number one is the word instruction. The word instruction. And here's the meaning of that. It means training under control and restraint and discipline. Training under control and restraint and discipline. And there are several places in Proverbs, if you're taking notes, I'll just give you these scripture passages. In 4.13, in 6.23, in 8.33, in 9.9, and 15.32, we can read about that, about the instruction. And, and an illustration would be like a, a parent uh, training up a child, training up a child. Uh, Brother Moore was telling me this morning, or maybe this afternoon, I can't remember for sure, about a certain group of people that made the remark, give us your child at six years old and we'll guarantee what they turn out to be. And there's a lot of that that goes on in our world. And it is instruction in a bad way, in a wrong way. And so... The instruct, that's what instructions mean. Then the word knowledge that is used there, and this has a neat, uh, neat meaning to it. It is the part of instruction that we understand and value enough to keep. Now you might come to church uh, and assemble in the sanctuary with the folks, and you may listen to the preaching, and they may be parts of that that you either don't understand or you don't value enough to keep. And guess what? You don't keep it. It just goes away. You don't remember it. How many of you, and I have, uh, many times over the years, I've heard something that I wanted really bad to write it down and I didn't want to ever forget it because I thought it was just such a, a blessed statement or a blessed word. There was a sermon preached here years ago and uh, one and that sermon impressed me so that I took notes as fast and hard as I could because it was good and the text was John 3:16 it was brother Waltermeyer that preached it and it was just absolutely amazing and so I missed a lot of it I missed a lot of it <clears throat> and I got in contact with him and I said uh, brother, I, I got a copy of that sermon, and of all the sermons he preached in that meeting with us, 
there was only one that wouldn't play. It was the only one that wouldn't play. I thought, Lord, is it that you don't want me to know this? Or you don't want me to retain this? You don't want me to find that valuable enough? And so I contacted him and I asked him if he had that recording. And he told me, no, I'm sorry, I don't have, I don't have that. In other words, he'd just come here and preach that message. What that meant. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Some of you, I know, remember that. And I, He brought out things in that message that I just thought was awesome. And I wanted to know that. I, wanted to, I valued that. And I wanted to keep it. It's what I wanted. And He told me that. Well, later on, I took that CD, and I was using it in a player in my study at home, and I just uh, thought I'd try, and I took it to the car, and it played, and it played, and so I felt so blessed. So knowledge, what, what I know tonight, what you know tonight, listen, I'm going to tell you about it. It is that part of instructions that you have understood and valued enough to keep. That's what it is. Now, I know we meet people sometimes that they think they know. <laughs> they think they know it all maybe, and they don't. You see what I'm saying? And sometimes it's exposed. And so that's what knowledge means. And a couple of places where you can find that in the first part of the book of Proverbs are, as we read in verse 4, to give subtlety to the simple and to a young man knowledge and discretion. Well, that's a valuable thing to have. It's a valuable thing to have. I want to know more. There's a song we sang, I want to know more about my Jesus. I want to know more about my Lord. You might remember the words of that song that says that. I want to know more. But I tell you what I want to know more. I want to know what's valuable and what's worth keeping because it's a blessing in my life. It is a blessing in my life. So that word, knowledge. Then there's the word, understanding, that is found here in this. Understanding. And it means, like our word that we're using tonight from our text, the word judgment, it means insight and discernment and comprehension. Insight, discernment, and comprehension. And in the second chapter... I'll read just a few uh, lines from chapter number 2 because it addresses that very thing. Let me read a little bit of this. My son, if thou wilt receive my word and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and, supply, and, and apply thine heart to understanding, if thou Christ after knowledge and lift up thy voice for understanding, if thou seek her as silver and searchest for her as for hidden treasure, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. There it is. And so that ought to motivate us. Do you want to know more? Do you want to know more so you're able uh, to discern? That's what understanding means. And then the fourth word I want to point out that we find in the first part of the book of Proverbs is wisdom. What is wisdom? What is wisdom? How do you mark that? Well, I wrote this little definition about wisdom down that it's the right use of knowledge. It's, right, it's the right use of what we know. 
If we don't use it right, that's not wise. But if we use it right, it is wise. And it says in the second chapter in the seventh verse, He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is the buckler of them that walk upright. And so wisdom is a wonderful thing to have. But then there's another word that's not related much to what I'm sharing with you tonight, and it's the word fool. <laughs> what is a fool according to Proverbs and the first chapter? And the seventh verse said this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom. Do they do that on purpose? I don't think they do. I think they lack uh, instruction, they lack understanding, they lack insight, they lack discernment, and a fool don't know he's a fool. Did you know that? If you've ever met any in life, I'll tell you about that fool. They don't know they're a fool. The Bible also says in this book, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Now he's a fool. That's a description of that very thing. And so I just wanted to point, uh, point that out uh, for you tonight, these words that are there. And of course I thought, thought of it when, when I was looking at this. Now some scriptures that point out the meaning of this word judgment. Let me share with you, I think this is such an interesting uh, passage. It's in the book of 1 Kings, and it's in the third chapter. And I want to tell you, we learn a valuable lesson from, from what is recorded in the third chapter of 1 Kings. So if you want to if you want to turn back there, I'll read several verses related to this. And when I start reading it, you'll immediately understand what the context is here. And I want to tell you something. Related to our subject tonight, this is an awesome passage of Scripture. And here's what it says in this third chapter of 1 Kings. I'll begin in verse 5 and read down a little ways. It says... Uh, in Gibeon, the Lord appeared unto Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I shall give thee. What if, what if, listen, what if we read that and said, Oh, here's something I can pray for. Ask the Lord what I can, what, what I can give you. Do you ever do that? Well, I want to tell you something. It, it pleases the Lord when we do that. When we do that. And he goes on to say, And Solomon said, Thou hast showed unto thy servant David my father great mercy, according as he walked before thee in truth and in righteousness and uprightness of heart with thee. And thou hast kept for him this great kindness that thou hast given him, a son to sit on his throne, and it is uh, as it is this day. And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David my father. And I am but a little child, and I know not how to go out and come in. Was he a little child when he said this? No, he wasn't. He was a grown man. He was saying, this is what I'm like. I haven't got enough sense to know how to go out and come in. This is my condition. And the Lord has said, you just ask me, what it is that you would have me do for you. You ask me. And so he has said that. He, does, he starts out by confessing his need. And he goes on to say in verse 8, And thy servant is in the midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen, a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted by the multitude. 
Then verse 9, and here is the neat verse. He says, Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, that I may discern between good and bad, for who is able to judge this thy great uh, this thy so great a people. And so what does he say? He says what I've been preaching about here tonight from our text. He asked God that you'd give him that he would give him a a heart to discern, a heart to judge, and a heart to discern. Discern what? The difference between good and bad. Oh, you know, sometimes we we love our young people, don't we? We just really do. We, we love them and we've watched them grow up. And even while I've been the pastor here at Emmanuel Church, uh, I've had the privilege of being maybe one of the first people uh, to hold one of the little babies that's been born in our church family. This has happened a few times. Uh, after their parents did, maybe grandparents or whatever, and sit there in the hospital room and hold them and talk to them and hold them in my arms and fall flat in love with them, just flat in love with them, and then be able to watch them grow up. Well, you say, Preacher, have you been around that long? I sure have. I've been around that long. I can tell you who the first baby was born in the Emanuel Church family. And I did. I helped her when she just squirming around and she didn't know nothing. And now she's all grown up. She's all grown up. And, and that, that has happened. And we, we love them. And we pray for them. What do we pray? I can tell you what I pray. I can tell you. I do pray. I pray for them for a discerning heart that they might know the difference between that which is good and that which is bad. Do they always know in the flesh? No, they don't. You know, they can just do some pretty dumb things. Make some bad choices in life. And we do pour out our prayers for them. I know on Wednesday night. Uh, this is just a common prayer in our Wednesday night prayer meeting. It includes our young people. And we know the person in our church family that prays for them over and over and over again. And prays for what I'm preaching about. Lord, give them discernment. Give them insight. Give them the ability to know the difference. And that's what he prayed. Verse 10 says, And the speech pleased the Lord. Oh, we want to please God, don't we? Amen. We want to please the Lord. Well, i got to tell you all something. We can learn something from this passage of Scripture and this story. That Solomon had asked this thing, and God said unto him, because thou hast asked this thing, and hast not asked for thyself long life, neither hast thou asked riches for thyself, nor hast thou asked life of thine enemies, the life of thine enemies, but hast asked for thyself understanding to discern judgment. That's what he prayed for. Now I want to tell you all something. Not only does our text list something that we can pray for each other, but I want to tell you here, there's something I can pray for myself. That I can pray that for myself. Lord, this is a scriptural thing for me. I know what my willingness is. I might not be able to pray this for 
every single individual because they may not care about that. But I care about that. That's not a boastful statement on my part. I want to know this Word. I thank God that He's called me to preach this Word. And I want to know it. I want to do it the best I know how because I want it to be pleasing to the Lord. And he goes on in verse 12, and he said, Behold, I have done according to thy word. Lo, I have given thee a wise and understanding heart. Now, if y'all want to know what judgment is in our text, if you want to know, I'm going to tell you exactly what it is. It's what I'm reading to you tonight. And God gives it. That's the only way we get it. God gives it. He said, I'm giving you a wise and an understanding heart that there was none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall any arise like thee. Boy, when God grants it, He does it right, doesn't He? Amen? When God moves on our lives, and you know, one of the problems I think that we have is that we go through life and we don't think we can have this or we don't think we can have that. We don't think we can, and you need to be careful about that because it may be a lack of faith on our part that God would be pleased to bless you and bless me in the same way that He blessed O Solomon way back then. And verse 13 says, I've also given thee that which thou hast not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be any among the kings like unto thee all thy days. That's what God blessed him with. And that's what that word means in our text. It means the ability to discern, to discern between that which is good and that which is not good. We know that the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14 that, uh, that uh, well, <laughs> well, I'll just turn there and I'll read that. I, I know that verse. I can quote that verse uh, any other time besides tonight. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. Who is a natural man? A natural man is one that is fallen and depraved. He, he can't do it, but he don't know he can't do it. And you know what? Most of the time, he don't care whether he does it or not. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for their foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are what? Spiritually discerned. Isn't that a wonderful gift? Spiritual discernment. That's what the Bible is talking about here in this passage of Scripture. And then I'm going to show you a verse that actually uh, says that. Actually says that. I know you uh, all are familiar with this verse of Scripture. Uh, in the book of Hebrews in chapter 5, and beginning with about verse 11, here's what it says. Uh, of whom we have many things to say, but hard uh, to be uttered. Why? Why was it hard to be uttered by the Hebrew writer? He says, seeing you are dull of hearing. Seeing you're dull of hearing. You say, preacher, do you believe that over the many years of preaching the gospel, there's been people that couldn't grasp it? Why, sure, I do believe that because of the Bible. What it says about that. I don't believe that because I know anybody in particular that couldn't, but it's just a fact. For when the time that you ought to be teachers, you have need of one teach you again, which is the first principles of the oracles of God. 
and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. He's using terminology like uh, a baby. Nobody gives a little baby uh, steak. <laughs> they give them... Now, raising the boys, Sue always sort of believed that, you know, as soon as possible, that she ought to be feeding them a little bit of something a little more substantial than milk. And, uh, you know, people, doctors say, well, you shouldn't do that. But it worked just fine. Uh, my boys are big, strolloping boys, and it never hurt them a bit. <laughs> I, remember, I remember Tim when he was a baby. He uh, popularized a little statement about breakfast food. He was just a little baby, you know, when he probably should have been, and he did drink milk. That was a drink, milk drinking as young as I ever seen in my life. He coming a little bit, breaking us up. And I understand the young and still drinks about two gallons a week. And the last time I checked, he's never had a cavity. <laughs> it ain't no wonder. He's a milk drinker, a milk drinker. But the little term that he popularized when we eat breakfast was soppy soppy. He'd tell his mommy that that's, that's what he wanted. He wanted soppy soppy. What in the world is soppy soppy? Well, it's runny eggs. Easy over. And gravy and stuff like that. <laughs> so my boys started off really early. And still yet, every once in a while, Sue, when she fixes breakfast, she'll say, well, I'm sorry, I got it too done. There ain't no soppy soppy there. There's <laughs> no soppy soppy there. But he says, have need of milk and not strong meat. Now listen to this. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Now here's the verse I want you to hear as we close tonight. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of a full age. Even those who by reason of use, now listen to this, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Now in closing, how many of us tonight would like to have that kind of discernment? Sure we would. I want to know the difference between that which is pleasing to the Lord and that which is not. I want to know. And that's why from this text that we're looking at that I'm sharing with you that there's a reward to our love abounding yet more and more and one of the rewards that's given in our text is that of discernment I want to grow you say but preacher surely as old as you are and as long as you've been preaching the Bible you don't need to grow I want to grow. I want to grow more and more. I want to grow more and more. That's what I desire. That's my, the desire of my heart. Oh, may God bless us all to just want that. That that be their desire. Because there's wonderful rewards that come from it. Father, we praise You and thank You for this passage of Scripture and all that we learn from it. And Lord, we confess tonight that we don't always know how to pray for our brothers and sisters in Thee. We don't know how to pray.
But Father, we know the Bible teaches us there are things we can pray. And Lord, I ask that You'd move us all to pray this prayer that we found here in Philippians chapter 1 for our church family. That Father, we may all abound yet more and more in love, in knowledge, and in judgment. Because there's good reward that comes from it. So bless us tonight as we sing this closing hymn. And we'll give you the praise for what you do for us. In Jesus' name and for His sake. Amen. Would you stand?